All right, welcome to a new episode of Guys Who Law. I'm Andrew Icebrook. And I'm Jesse Weber. And we got some big changes on, on this week's episode. So this is kind of personal to me, actually. I'm not a big sports fan, as some of you may know, but by listening to the podcast. But you know how I act like a functional social u- human being is I, I listen to what other people have to say about sports and take like the one or two points that I can remember, and then repeat them to other people. So it seems like I some somewhat follow sports. So like Andrew's a big fan. He must watch uh, ESPN a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I say those one or two lines. If they really talk beyond that, like say something else beyond that, I, you know, I can't say much, but right. at least I sound like a semi-educated person. The, the trick to that is you always make a grand statement with it. Like, for example, again, I don't know anything about sports, right? But I know that the Yankees won uh, the World Series you know, about <laughs> 10 years ago. So somebody will be like, uh, you know, who's going to, oh, it's opening day over here. I was like, well, you know, hopefully we get a result like 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Oh, and then everybody, and then that's all I can do. Yeah, when you start like quoting like sports facts from like 10, 15 years ago, the person like knows immediately that you just don't follow. Yeah. No. Um, but anyway, so how it relates to our podcast is we're going to change things up. We're going to give you the top three po- points you need to know about the biggest or most interesting legal story of the week so that you you can talk to your friends, family over dinner, drinks, and sound like a semi-educated person. All you need to remember is these three three points, and that's it. Yeah, that's what we're going to do from now on. The three biggest points for any story we talk about, especially like cocktail parties, right? You want to seem smart. Yeah, this, you're, you're on a date, you're at a cocktail party, you're, you're at work. Like just say, just remember these three things, and that's it. I mean, you remember like a few, <laughs> was a few months ago, people would be having conversations and you just go, Mueller report. We'll have to see. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a great point. That's a great point. You, you, you say Mueller, Mueller report and people think you're a genius. And people don't even know what the Mueller report is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so what are we talking about today? So today we're talking about Avenatti, Michael Avenatti. And I'm glad we're talking about it because we're two lawyers who are talking about the country's most famous lawyer right now. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of hate talking about him. We talked about, about him before, but like this guy doesn't deserve that much attention, but- you know, there's been some recent news about him, um, and I guess we'll give you those that, that news in, in, in point form today. Yep. Yeah. So we're going to give you the three points, and then we'll break it all down. The three points are that Michael Avenatti, Stormy Daniels' former lawyer and number one enemy of President Trump, he has been charged with crimes in two states in New York. He threatened to expose Nike with sensitive and maybe even criminal information about the company unless they pay him and his client millions of dollars. And in California, he's been accused of ripping a client off and defrauding a bank. That's point number one. Point number two, in New York, his defense is, hey, it's common. This is a common technique for what lawyers do. It's not extortion. Yeah, he's just saying, I'm an aggressive lawyer. Deal with it. Yeah, and that's how he says it, too. In California, he hasn't been so clear about what his defense has been. He says justice will be served and the facts will be on his side. Point number three, what could he face? Believe it or not, if he's convicted across the board, this is the most extreme case, he could face over 100 years in prison. And clearly, if convicted, he'd lose his law license, though. That's a lot. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. But those are the three points. He's charged. He's got some defenses, maybe, and can face some very serious prison time. All right. Now everybody's got it. Let's break it down. (laughs) Start with New York. Yeah, so the uh, the the case in New York is 
basically for extortion. Avenatti was representing a coach in the Amateur Athletic Union who had a contract with Nike. Avenatti wanted Nike to renew his client's contract, and Nike refused. So instead of going through the proper legal channels, he threatened Nike that he would expose uh, that they were paying, allegedly paying, um, high school players to basically uh, go to certain colleges that they told them to go to that had a Nike relationship and then potentially sign on with them as a sponsor in the future, which is against NCAA rules and illegal and et cetera. Unless Nike paid him and his client millions of dollars, he would expose that Nike was doing this with high school students, which is information that he got from his client. Well, he offered them a few options, right? Yeah. So he's like, either you pay my, my client this, and also you pay me and I believe it was Mark Garagos. Right. It's this unnamed co-conspirator. Unless you pay my client money and us to do an internal investigation of what's going on with Nike, we'll expose what you're doing. Nike refused the internal investigation. He's like, okay, I'll give you another option. Pay us $22.5 million. We'll do a confidential settlement. We'll never talk about it. It's a silent hush money, hush money payment, right? Yeah, but that, that's going to him too. Right. right yeah. So now he's been charged with four counts of extortion. Right. Uh, you know, extortion, conspiracy, all this stuff. The question is, is this demand, is this threat extortion? He's claiming, I just did what a normal attorney does. You threaten somebody when they don't uh, pay. If they don't follow through, you get paid. Here's the thing. I totally disagree with him. I'll tell you, and I'll tell you why I think that this is uh, extortion. Usually when you're an attorney and you're threatening somebody else, there's a process to do it. What you do is you send a demand letter and also a copy of a complaint. That's the usual way it works. You don't stop what you're doing. We're going to file a lawsuit against you. This is weird because not only did he not do that, but he's also seems to be suggesting that Nike's engaging in criminal behavior. And we know that Adidas had a similar situation where people were convicted of bribery and conspiracy and fraud. Seems like he's accusing Nike of the same stuff. So even if he would have said, hey, listen, if you don't pay me, I'm going to go to the authorities. I feel like that's still extortion. But it's even worse because what he said he was going to do is hold a press conference and expose all of their information. I feel that he had a legal duty. The right way to do it was either to attach a demand letter with a, a, a complaint or he had to go to the authorities anyway and say, listen, I know that Nike's up to some bad stuff right here. You should be investigating them. He can't keep that information and demand money in return. That's like saying, I watched you commit a murder, but if you pay me $100,000, I won't tell anybody. So, so I also think it was extortion, but for, for different reasons. So... The claim from his, the claim that his client had against Nike had nothing to do with them allegedly paying high school students. It had to do with the his client's contract with Nike and them renewing it. So the threats he was making were completely unrelated to his client's claims, and the, and they were for the benefit of himself and his client. So one, the threats he was make the threats he was making were unrelated to the to the claims of his client, and two, Michael Avenatti was saying that he should be paid. Usually when you're negotiating a settlement, your client's the one that's going to be paid, not the attorney. You're using like a separate issue that has nothing to do with your client's claim to get to get yourself money. That's what the law on this says, that you can't, as an attorney, use your legal resources and legal power 
for your personal benefit. Yeah, that that's the biggest like red flag for me. Like an attorney to do that just seems one completely unethical, and two, it's probably illegal. You know what the best part about this is? Is he's not denying what he said. He's not denying what he did. He's just saying that that's not extortion. That's a common technique used by lawyers. He said, I have people that support me on this. I'm assuming if this went to trial, he would call these people as experts. I don't know how many are going to come forward and say, oh, I've done something similar. He's going to be like, what, what do you want, a pushover? You want to hire a pushover attorney? I'm Michael Avenatti. <laughs> do you know who I am? I'm the most popular and well-known attorney for the last year. He said that, I think, in this press conference. Here's the problem that I have with him. I have with Michael Cohen this whole year. This isn't Michael Clayton. This isn't Suits. This is the real world. Right. Okay, don't copy what you think they're doing in the movies about being an attorney because half that stuff isn't legal anyway. Right. I'm sorry to say, a part of me feels that he, I mean, his head got so big that he thought he could do whatever he want. But I think that he was also thinking, I don't really want to be an attorney. I want to be a celebrity. Definitely. I want to be like this big, larger than life figure. Law is not like that. Law is much more boring. Okay, guys, this is not how it works. There are rules. There's laws. There's ethics. You, you, you can't just do this freewheeling dealing and make tons of money and do it this way. It doesn't work this way. There's a procedure. I was at my law firm spending hours writing these letters that we never even used. <laughs> and these criminal complaints, not these, these, you know, these com civil complaints for a reason. There's a process that you have to follow. You have to follow the right legal means. You have to say you're threatening with litigation. That's your option. Not pay me or I won't do or I'll expose sensitive information about you. Seems like extortion to me. And this guy was also considering running for president, too. He had put out like a position paper of all his positions on Twitter. I never liked him. I, I look, he's going to get his day in court. He's innocent until proven guilty. Right. But for me, I just never liked his style. Yeah. Even if you take all this away, I didn't think he was very charming. I mean, he, he, he actually had a lot of similarities to Trump, even though he's on the complete other side of the aisle. Like, you think so? Yeah, he just said whatever's on the top of his head without any filter, and people like that. So Yeah, he toned it up a little bit nicer. But if you listen to the recordings, did you hear what he said? They, apparently, they have him dead to rights on what he said because they have it on tape. The, yeah. This is my favorite it's, it's one. It's pretty crazy, yeah. He, he wanted an answer. Otherwise, he was going to hold this press conference. Remember, he on Twitter, he threatened a press conference, and then 15 minutes later, he gets arrested. Right. right? And he was oh, – we'll talk about this after. Yeah. yeah. This is what he says to on tape, apparently, to Nike. If this is not papered on Monday, we're done. I don't want to hear about somebody on a bike trip. I don't want to hear that somebody has – that somebody's grandmother passed away or the dog ate my homework. I don't want to hear – none of it is going to go anywhere unless somebody was killed in a plane crash. <laughs> classic Avenatti. And then he also made I – mean, this is – I mean this is a classic case of what he was going to get. I'll go take $10 billion off your client's market cap. Yeah. He's showing the harm he's going to do Nike. Yeah, by, by releasing that information. Yeah. And let's talk about, like, where he was actually arrested. He was, arrest he was arrested, right, in Nike's offices? I thought he was in his office. I think he was in Nike's offices. Oh, he was? Yeah, he was, uh... So, like, Nike basically, like, scheduled this meeting with him so that he was going to get arrested. Like, that's, oh, that's pretty... great. And also, like, isn't it kind of weird that this California thing and the New York thing happened at the same time? Do you think there was any sort of communication? Yeah. It had to be. This of is, like, too weird. Yeah, it was definitely coordinated. Here's the thing. If both go to trial, I don't know which one is going to happen first. I don't know how it would work. Let's say he's convicted in both, how he would serve it. But the New York thing is hilarious. They're like, oh, Mr. Avenatti, thank you for coming to Nike. Uh, would you like to go to that conference room? We have apples and arrest warrant for you. <laughs>
Crazy. That's why. Yeah. Do you think like how far did they get into the conversation before before they came in? I I wanted an executive from Nike to walk into the room and said, Michael, you know when we say just do it, I think you took it literally. <laughs> and then the police come and swarm him down. Yeah. Yeah. Like I that. actually wish it was like Chris Hansen to catch a predator, to catch an Avenatti. Oh yeah. You know. Huh. Now, Michael, we've uh, we've been seeing here that you've uh, been making some demands. <laughs> what was on the agenda for today? Oh, you know, I was just, I was, I was bolstering, I was threatening a little bit, but I didn't mean it. Oh, well, what did you mean by I'm going to take <laughs> millions of dollars off your market cap, and uh, your chat room name is Avenatti Rocks with three X's. You know, this is a oh, sorry, wrong, wrong, <laughs> wrong chat room. I do love that show. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the California claim, should we talk about that? Yeah, so, okay, so, yeah, he okay. faces all that. Yeah. California's much tougher for him. Yeah, I think they, this is actually, like, the easier case for Avenatti in New York. California's where he's got some real danger because there is, there seems to be some hard evidence. So what are the two uh, claims here, right? The claims that I think are, one, that he ripped off a client, if I understand it correctly. Mm -hmm. He had a client, he won a successful judgment for this client, $1.6 million. They would say it was a settlement. Settlement. Yeah. It was $1.6 million, right? Yeah. And instead of giving that money over to his client as part of the settlement, yes. he basically pocketed the money and used it to pay off his own debts. That's a no-no. You yeah, you're, yeah. Not, you're not supposed to do that. Then he tried to defraud a bank or did defraud a bank by providing them with fake tax returns in order to obtain, what, a $4.1 million loan for his businesses? Yeah. Or, or even personal use, I'm not sure. But again, the thing with that is, and this is the part I wanted to ask you, he gave them fake tax returns because he hadn't paid personal taxes for several years. He owed the IRS more than $850,000 in unpaid personal taxes. Why wasn't he charged with tax evasion? They because they probably, so the IRS doesn't, well, I guess he could be. It's uh, like further charges could be brought. I know yeah. that he's also been, there's been weird dealings with, I think he's been defrauding the bankruptcy court. Yeah. He's been accused of hiding assets because I, I think his law firm went into bankruptcy. Yep. So he's been accused of hiding assets. Mm -hmm. They're saying that he might be later charged with bankruptcy and tax evasion. Yeah, he could be. They, they, they could just be holding off on those charges for now. To see how this pans out? Yeah. And focusing on like how he acts as a, as a lawyer, even though this is sort of is related to that. Yeah. Um, the thing is, these two counts of wire fraud and bank fraud, that's much easier for prosecution to prove because it's all in the statements. It's all written out. He has to go forward, correct me if I'm wrong, and say, oh, you're looking at it the wrong way. I maybe only put that money there for a certain period of time. This wasn't my plan. Uh, it wasn't my intent to defraud. Uh, this was a mistake. I mean, how is he going to argue this is a mistake? There's a paper trail. He would just maybe say that that was money from something else or it wasn't like the settlement money that came in. Um, it's tough, though, if like if there's a number that matches up exactly to what the settlement was. Right. How do you explain that away? It's kind of like the Michael Cohen like situation where the, uh, he was making payments to uh, AMI uh, to, to, for hush money on Stormy Daniels. And Trump was reimbursing him for those payments, and it seems like they match up, but like there's no memo on the checks. So how do they? So he, you know, Trump would just say that it was for something else. But if they if they match up, then it's hard, it's hard to it's hard to say that. You know? Yeah. Apparently, his client was asking, "Where's my money?" Yeah. Kept, and apparently, Avenatti was being very dishonest with him. And I think he even doctored a copy of the settlement agreement to in order to lie to his client and said. 
you know, when the payout would arrive and maybe even how much it was. This is pretty blatant. So they're going to have a paper trial. I could just see it on a, um, you know, like on a, a screen for the jury in yeah. a, a courtroom. This is what he did on this date. This is what he did on this date. This is his communication. I mean, this is his legal skills are going to be put to use in this trial. I wonder who's going to who's going to represent him. There is a I know that he hired the this firm out in California. I think he just made an appearance either today or yesterday. He hasn't entered a plea yet, as far yeah. as I know, on either case. But what's interesting is he's very quick in the New York trial, the New York case, to say what his defense is. But here he doesn't really have one. He just says the facts are going to be on his side and justice will be served. But he even did an interview recently where he seemed pretty nervous. He said, I'm scared. Really? About the idea of prison. Well, the idea of prison, yeah. Yeah. I don't think he would do well in prison. I don't think he would do basta. <laughs> but yeah, that's his hashtag. Yeah. I don't think Basta my... means enough. Is that what that means? Uh-huh. Means enough. Basta. But what's funny is he's had a history of doing this stuff. He's had a history of it. He he has a former uh, partner of his who obtained a $10 million judgment against Avenani, and the guy hasn't been able to collect against them. Yeah. Yeah. But are you surprised by any of this? No, not at all. Do you think he's guilty? Yeah, I know. I know, Andrew. Everybody's innocent until proven. <laughs> he's innocent and no, no. Um, I think the ex- well, I think yeah, I think he's. I, I don't think he's going to get the maximum sentence that like the hundred years that we no, mentioned. No, no, that would again. They would be the maximum. You'd have to serve it consecutively. Yeah. I think like you know he probably ends up getting like if convicted. Uh, yeah, you know, maybe like seven to ten years or something if convicted. Yeah. But he's also look. He's a pretty experienced attorney i wouldn't be surprised if if he can show holes in the investigation how the evidence was obtained who knows he could get some counts thrown I, out i think for the extortion claim what, what what hurts him the most is that he w- wanted a payment for himself it just is it's odd for an attorney to to try to get a payment for himself if you're representing a client and then the bank fraud stuff and wire fraud you know i don't i haven't seen the documents myself so I, I don't know for sure, but that wouldn't surprise me that Avenatti was in, involved in things like that, especially if, he, if his law firm was going bankrupt. Listen, I love our listeners, yeah. but I wasn't going through 200 pages of the criminal <laughs> complaint against him in California. Yeah, I, t- yeah. I will tell you what I did look at, though. There was a report, an article, about what was he spending his money on if he didn't pay taxes. Would you like to hear? Yes, let's hear. Okay. Neiman Marcus? Totaling over two hundred and seventeen thousand dollars. What? Yeah, around that. I think an advertisement at a luxury watch store, which was one hundred and seventeen thousand. Porsche, two hundred and seventy-seven thousand two hundred and thirty-six dollars. A waterfront house in Newport Beach, California. Listen, to this a hundred thousand dollars in monthly rent. A Ferrari lease, uh, almost forty thousand dollars. Luxury apartment in Century. City, the rent tab was one hundred and twenty-three thousand dollars, one hundred almost one hundred twenty-four thousand dollars. Exclusive resort, which is claimed as the world's elite private vacation club, almost one hundred seventy-seven thousand dollars. So these, he, I was curious: is this like him trying to live an expensive life, or to for enjoyment, or was it for to say, hey, listen, if I give off the appearance of being a high-powered very wealthy and successful attorney. I'll get more clients. I'll be more respected. I think the latter, but what I've been trying to wrap my head around is he, he, he was on TV like almost every day over this last year. You know, good publicity for a lawyer if they want to get clients, et cetera. 
I just can't see this guy wanting to like take on more and more clients and like deal with them on like a personal basis and doing like the nitty gritty work of being a lawyer. No, I don't think so either. I don't think that he's up all night drafting motions. He probably doing maybe legal passes them on to somebody in his firm, bro. I don't know how big this was. I mean, yeah, he had like three different firms he was a part of. Yeah. But I see him again. Maybe he just didn't want to do the paperwork, and in the New York case, was like, eh, I'm not gonna draft this criminal complaint. Yeah. Instead, I'm just gonna demand some money. Right. I get what he wanted to do. I get where the money, you know, where the objective was, and maybe he had a right objective for his client to get paid. Yeah. But I know we disagree. Well, not disagree, but you think it's also because he wanted to get paid, and that was weird too. Yeah. But I think the way he went about it was just completely wrong. And if, again, if he's not paying his client the settlement money, he's trying to defraud yeah. a bank, these are the kind of things I that think it's just super argue against. Like, let's say I was representing you, Jesse, and like I was threatening a lawsuit on some company that wronged you. And while I was negotiating a settlement or threatening a lawsuit on your behalf, I decided to threaten them to try to get something a little bit for myself also. It seems kind of odd. Yeah, I would... And by the way, you were asking for more money than I was getting. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, that's even weird. worse. Not worse. Yeah. yeah. He was asking for like $20, $20 million. He was asking for $5 million for his client, right? Yeah. Something yeah. like that. And the, the best part is that that money that he requested to do this internal investigation, which, by the way, is bizarre. So he's threatening the adversary of his client yeah. to say, hey, if you hire, uh, if you pay us this money, we're going to do our own internal investigation into you, which I think is a bizarre thing for him to do. But they said, wait a second. Um, this seems like a lot of money. It's also the amount of money he was requesting, I think, is a problem, and too. He, and he thought he would do, like, an internal investigation from Nike. Like, you want Michael Avenatti to be, like, your internal investigator? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it would be like for him to do that. Um, all right. So I th should we go through the points again? Just so yeah, people yeah. Get a refresher? So let's go over the three points again so people remember them. So you're at, you're at dinner with your friend, and let's say I'm at dinner with Jesse, and I'm like, Oh, this chicken is so good. <laughs> oh, it's been a long week. <laughs> I love the ambiance here. Yeah. And, it's a uh, weird comment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> dinner are we at? And I, I go to Jesse. I'm like, you know, in, in, you know, in between my dessert and 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 my entree, I'm like, hey Jesse, like, what do you think about this Avenatti thing? You hear about this? And first point I remember is, oh my gosh, yeah, Michael Avenatti, right? He so he's charging these two states. Oh yeah, right, yeah, yeah. New York, can you believe it? Threatening to expose Nike, like criminal information on the company, unless they pay him and his client millions of dollars. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. That was crazy. And then in California, this guy is accused of ripping off a client and lying to a bank. I mean, this is pretty insane. What, like, what's his defense here? Like, what is he saying? You know, it's funny. He's saying that it wasn't extortion what he did with Nike, that it's just a common technique on the part of lawyers. But we're, what's weird is in California, I don't really know what his defense is. He said that the facts are going to be on his side and justice will be served. I don't know what that means. I think it's a, probably a tougher case for him in California. Yeah, it sounds really weird. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the weirdest part. Here's the craziest part. Do you know what could happen if he's convicted? What? I read that if he's convicted across the board and he serves consecutive sentences, he could face up to 100 years in prison. Oh, no way. Yeah. But really, you have to remember, if he only gets convicted on one count, doesn't even matter what the prison sentence is. He could lose his law license. No more Michael Avenatti, the attorney. Jeez. How do you know all this, Jesse? It's crazy. <sighs> I don't know. I just And then in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm listening to guys who law. <laughs> Dessert now. <laughs> it's on you, Andrew. I mean, it's a hypothetical friend. <laughs> all right. Now that everybody's got three points, 
follow us at Guys Who Law on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you can find us. Please. <laughs> and uh, yeah, share share with these three points with all your friends. You're, you're, you're gonna sound great. See you next week. Thank mm-hmm. you.